Ultra, baby! Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, where we're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and I'm joined by... Brendan Fitzpatrick. Last week we discussed After Hours, and this week, due to a uh, one crazy night, I guess is what we can call the connection this week, one crazy night. One crazy night works for me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to name our connection, like give our connections like a title. When I write the podcast description, (laughs) I think it's nice to have like a a fun title. So, you know, right now we're in the middle of Hanukkah. So that is eight crazy nights. So this week's connection is one crazy night. Does it make sense? Yeah, makes sense to me. All right. Well, uh, based on that connection, we will be discussing Go, Doug Liman's movie from 1999. Then at the end of the episode, we will pick our movie for next week based on suggestions from you, the listeners and us, your hosts. So we'll be going through Go over the next little bit, and we'll be spoiling what happens in that movie. So if you haven't watched it yet, we'll put a timestamp so you can jump ahead to when we pick next week's movie. Or you can go and watch Go. It is streaming on Stars, and uh, Amazon Stars is how I watched it. Amazon Stars has great movies. I you know, Yeah, just... Amazon Stars is great. Um, I've been watching most of our ones lately have been available through Amazon Stars. So yeah. I've just been like clicking on Amazon, and then boom, it's it appears. I don't even have to pay for it. Right, no, I'm already exactly. subscribed. Yeah, yeah, all the Spider-Man movies for the most part yeah. are on Amazon Stars as well, and usually you can get some kind of promo deal. I think I was on like three months for 99 mm-hmm. cents a month. Now I think I'm paying like regular price for it, so they got yeah. me. But uh, yes, go watch Go on on Stars or whatever platform you want to rent it on. It's a short movie; it's a little over 90 minutes, so mm-hmm. it's a quick one, and it's split into three different distinct stories, so it really goes pretty quick. So they they all do. overlap in very specific, interesting ways, but yeah, it is three distinct. One the night term, over three perspectives. Yes, the term that we learned last week that Av taught us is hyperlink films. Hyperlink, yes. yes. And I happen to be watching a ton of hyperlink films lately. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, when we talk about our best movies we've been watching, maybe one of mine will be hyperlink. So as always, uh, once we do pick our movie for next week, you can submit your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter. Or you can email us, themovieladder at gmail.com. You also can follow us on Letterboxd. We log all of our movies on there. We also put our watch list. I don't know if I've plugged it in a couple weeks, but the watch list on Letterboxd is a great place to find some movies or you're looking for something to watch during this holiday season. Every movie that gets suggested as a connection, we add to our watch list. So it's in reverse chronological order. That list just keeps growing. I think it's up to like six or seven pages now. Um, every movie that has been suggested by a listener or a host on this show is on that watch list. So check that out. The listeners have been destroying it with their picks too. I mean, this is another listener pick. Um, uh, who is this? This is Kyle's first pick, correct? Yeah. This, I think this was Kyle's first suggestion that we picked. The listeners are still at a healthy lead of 18 suggestions out of 50 picked uh, 12 for you. Nine for Av, and only eight for myself. I'm, I'm following up. I'm still behind Av, a person who is no longer regularly on this podcast. <laughs> uh, only 49 movies have been picked, though, right? Because this is episode number 49, not 50. Yeah, this right. This is episode 49? I thought this was episode 50. I have this written down as 50. Uh, your Eulodox is episode 49. Hmm. Uh, well, let me double check that. Oh, you know what? It's because when you do a Google form, it's shifted down by one number. So, yes, it is episode 49. Ah, okay. So, yes, yeah. It's, I mean... It's the fiftieth line. It's the fiftieth line on the Google sheet, but it's the 49th movie. Ah, okay. So that's why. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah. 
Sadly, yeah. there's only a couple. Yeah. Today's December fifteenth. There's only two more yeah. weeks left in the in the year, which means we're going to get to fifty-one movies on the year, not fifty-two movies on the year, because we so did close. miss one week in twenty twenty. What a terrible year! We missed a week. We're so close. Worst year ever. I do think. <laughs> I know we've talked about like maybe doing some sort of year-end wrap-up, either like bonus episode or yeah. segment or something. Uh, I think one thing that I was thinking about is, you know, we do the connections each week, and you know, we mm-hmm. connect the movie to the previous week, but then when we talk about it, we connect to uh, you know, prior movies as well. You know, what, what can we find that connects to Fargo or uh, 50, sh- uh, 50, not 50 Shades of Grey, uh, 500 Days of Summer. Uh, not 50 Shades of Grey yet. 50 but Shades yeah, so, of Summer. So we connect to, you know, all the previous movies. Do you think next year when we keep going, do we keep connecting? So do we keep connecting back to 2020 movies or do we reset and you can only connect to movies that we did in 2021? Well, my, my thought was just for the ease of simplicity, and uh, collating and discussion, we start the year over and say, you know, but what we do to pick our first movie is take all of the movies on our watch list, pick our five favorite that were suggested from the listeners that we didn't get to, nominate those to be our first movie that kicks off the new year. What do you think Ooh, of that? That's a, that's, a, that's a fun way to honor, to pay homage to uh, our suggestions from the year. I think that's a great idea. And then, then more listener suggestions get picked. So... Um, what would happen is in two weeks, so we're going to pick a movie this week, then next week we're going to pick a movie. That movie that we pick next week, there will be no connections off of that? Correct. I guess people could submit suggestions, and we they could pick that. Could. We yeah. could pick that. They and certainly could, or be... they could repeat suggestions. That if they want that movie to be the first movie we do in the new year, they can repeat suggestions that connect. Right. You know, yeah. That they, um, were, they can repeat movies they've already suggested. Yeah, I mean, this, and then, so next year, so say our first movie next year is like Avatar, right? Um, then we talk about Avatar, and we don't connect it back to anything from the previous no, year? No, because that's just going to, once we get to 52 weeks removed, that's going to be 104 weeks of movies we're trying to remember connections to. Yeah. That's a lot. Okay. So my, my thought yeah, is maybe, no. maybe we just do, like, really good connections to 2020. Like, I don't want to, like, forget some of the movies we watched in 2020 completely. oh absolutely. absolutely so if it's like a great i mean if it's just an actor or a director maybe we don't mention that connection but if it's some right. really strong connection like i have some kind of fun connection right if there's like fun. some thematic stuff that seems to come up on this podcast over and over and over again like trains mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we we can continue to mention those but we don't have to go through every grainy detail of connection uh, yeah because sure. i do feel like my connections lists have been getting very long every week because i'm mm-hmm. like oh well this happened in this movie and this happened for in this sure. movie. And it's fun to For tie sure. it back but yeah I, I do think in a year from now it might be kind of hard to remember what we talked about 100 episodes prior might be a little tough yeah yeah um okay i'm open to that i'm also opening to keeping going as we're going and so mm-hmm. i think you know as as normal let's leave it up to the listeners and see yeah, if anybody has think? any strong feelings one <laughs> way or the other uh do we start fresh in 2021 with basically the movie ladder podcast season two, uh, or do we just keep going on the train that we're currently on and uh, the new year doesn't mean anything? So. Or maybe there's some happy medium that we can't that we haven't figured yeah. out yet that you that you may have a great idea for. Just yeah. let us know. I do worry a little bit about starting with you know our January 1st podcast is not connected to anything oh absolutely i agree with that but i think that we also need to somewhere in there do a uh, year in review as well yeah we can do a year in review i just wonder about hitting the reset button completely right. uh, versus right. well that's why that's why my suggestion was not to hit reset but to the first movie of the new year be 
a listener suggestion that already came up that we in, didn't use. That we didn't use. Yeah. In the I think if we're going to do that, we need some sort of um, rationale for that. Like we need a rationale right. for why you pick a movie, right? So, okay, cool. Right. So you're sure. going to pick um, – there's a movie that came up a whole bunch of times this year, for example, and maybe you pick that because you're like, this movie kept coming up, right. uh, so, or this movie's about new beginnings. This movie is about, uh, you know, like we need something that makes it thematically make sense to be the season two premiere, so to speak. I agree. Uh, yeah. so, which means that in 2022, we're going to hit season three, episode seven of the Movie Ladder podcast. Oh, man, can't wait to have Robert Akiva on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, look forward to 2022, everybody. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, yeah, we'll we'll figure out. I think we'll we'll do some thinking on this. We got a couple weeks. So next week's episode, which will come out right before Christmas, uh, we'll have an update probably how we're going to handle year end. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And we want to hear from you guys. Uh, Zach, what's that email address again? Oh, uh, that's themovieladder at gmail dot com. Say hi to Brendan because he sent us all your ideas. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Send it if you have another idea. Um, yeah. And we're just going to keep going. I think the way we've been doing, we're not adding a third permanent host. We're just going to keep pulling in hosts when it's appropriate, or it'll be just the two of us. And uh, we'll just see how that how that rolls for a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, New year, new beginning. Speaking of new beginnings, you moved. That's why your audio is a little bit That's different. That's right. My audio might sound a little echoey. It's because I haven't fully set up the apartment yet. There's not enough uh, furniture set up for me to vo- uh, bounce my voice off of yet. But uh I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's starting to feel like home. I've got, I've started getting things hung. I've got some nice paintings up. Uh, I have a uh, giant kitchen island of, uh, laying on my floor right now that I need to put together after uh, the podcast. No man is an island. Exactly. No man is a kitchen island unto himself, yeah. except uh, Bobby Flay. Man, I, I feel like I should have suggested some movies about moving. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Should have done some, <laughs> some thematically appropriate uh movies this week for for you moving to a new place <laughs> with your high cathedral ceilings so uh, they are pretty right. high actually well <laughs> while you were moving did you get to watch because last year i moved uh, a little over a year ago and i yeah. was putting together furniture and i watched a ton of movies while i was putting together furniture i think i watched endgame and i watched right. uh what else i watched marriage story i think also while i was moving uh what did you did you watch anything while you were moving and putting these so together? my main moving watch has been uh so i started season one of battlestar galactica and it was on the recommendation of several people over several years who have been saying, I can't believe you've never watched it. I can't believe you haven't watched Battlestar Galactica yet, blah, 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 blah. Uh, started in 2003. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I've, I'm only talking to a select couple of people about it. Uh, our friend, our Philly, who you know, um, I've been bouncing a lot of my thoughts on the show off of him because I know he won't spoil me. And so far, I've remained spoiler free, three, spoiler free through the first uh, 10 episodes. Um, I watched a couple of movies, but mostly I've just been listening to podcasts and watching um, TV. So yeah, uh, we gotta get our Philly on this podcast sometime. Great guy, our Philly. He'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll find the right movie for our Philly. Ooh, I did definitely. see they're having a they're making a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Did you mm. see that? that I did see that. Yeah, Oscar Isaac in it, I think, or uh, Miles Teller. I don't remember who I saw. I don't remember there. who it was either. Um, off the top of my head, but yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Maybe maybe when that movie comes out. Uh, <laughs> That'll be like uh, season eight episode. Uh, right. You know, that season eight episodes. Oh, Chris Pine. That's who. Oh, was it Chris Pine? No, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Um, also, apparently there's a Dungeons and Dragons movie from 2000. Did you see that There one? is. There is. And it was awful. I saw it. It's bad. We don't talk about it. I believe that was uh, Jeremy Irons. Yeah, it was. And Thora Birch yeah. as well. Yeah. It was real bad. Real bad. All right. Uh, 
Well, you're, so yours is a, a TV, best thing you watched. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, I haven't really watched much TV. I need to catch up on Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still haven't watched this last, this last episode of Mandalorian. But I have, did watch a ton of movies this week. I, the last couple weeks, I haven't watched a lot. Um, I watched um, some new movies. I watched Happiest Season, which is not my pick. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, it's not even going to make my, my top Christmas movie list. But I do like what they attempted with Happiest Season. I just don't think they execute. Mm-hmm. But I've been watching a lot of hi- uh, hyperlink films because on my personal ladder, I watched Playing by Heart a couple weeks ago. Nice. So now I've been doing a lot of these movies where it's lots of different stories that all intersect at the end, similar to the movie we're going to be talking about today, Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched Traffic, and then I watched the entire uh, Inuritu trilogy of death, which is oh, nice. Morris Peros, 21 Grams, and mm-hmm. Babel. Um, I'd seen all of them before. They were uh, they were all yeah. rewatches, but it had been a very long time since I'd seen those. Have you seen those three? I've seen Babel, and I've seen uh, Traffic, but I haven't seen the other two. Yes, Traffic is not in there. I mean, Traffic right, is Right, but you mentioned it, so I was just Yeah, saying. Traffic was the first one I saw. I mean, that, and it's got some stuff uh, that takes place in, in Mexico, which is why yeah. I connected it to Moros Peros. Um, Moros Peros is very raw and gritty, but it was my favorite of the three. I just thought it was mm-hmm. the most interesting stories. Um, it just felt the most real. I think 21 Grams was okay. It was... Um, I think I liked both 20 grams and Babel better when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, Oh, the storytelling perspective is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And once you get past kind of the novelty of the, here's all these different stories. And then they all come together at the end of the movie and you find out why, um, right. 21 grams loses a little bit of luster, although it's still got at least some interesting stories. I think Babel mm-hmm. uh, is just like, I cannot believe that movie was nominated for best picture. It, um, is really like just not very good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was surprised by that. So I would not recommend Babel, but I would recommend Amoris Paras if you Yeah, know. and Babel, Babel I mostly remember because it, I believe it won a Golden Globe because I recall uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger announcing Babel and going, <laughs> Babel. So yeah, yes. um, that's, that's the main thing I remember about Babel. Yeah. And Brad Pitt is in it, right? Yeah, Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt's in it. Brad Pitt was pretty good. Um, I didn't think any of the other performances were anything to write home about. I thought <laughs> the score was really good, though. And it did win the Oscar for the score. Um, okay. But there's three main stories in it, and the Brad Pitt story, that one is fine. That's kind of interesting. There's a story that takes place in Japan that would be interesting, but it really doesn't connect that well to the other stories. And it just, I, the whole time I was watching, I was just kind of like, why do I care about this story? Mm-hmm. And then there's a story about a nanny um, that's, she, that has, is watching these two kids, and she just makes some of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen, and it mm. just, I was like, why would she do this, except just for this movie to, like, have the plot go forward, and it was, oh, it was just infuriating, so, um, yeah, yeah I've talked a lot about Babel, I do not recommend Babel, you babbled, you babbled on <laughs> quite I babbled a, a lot about Babel, Babel. Uh, I would recommend Amoris Peros, I will also yeah. give a shout out, I did, uh, so I watched Home Alone again this week, um, yep. I did a, a Zoom group watch. It was supposed to be the Home Alone drinking game, but we just kind of ended up watching it and talking uh, <laughs> on Zoom while it was on. Uh, but obviously Home Alone is great. After Home Alone was over, Mac decided he wanted to put on the Monster Squad from 1987, which is awesome. a very fun movie I'd never seen and never even heard of before. And yeah. uh, that's, a, that's a fun, like, 80s kids adventure, Stranger Things type thing. Yeah, I'm um, surprised so you had never awesome. seen it. It's it's kind of a cl- modern, modern cult classic of... Uh, it's one of those one of those eighties movies that like everybody saw. Yeah. So uh yeah. Uh, bonus shout out to the Monster Squad, I will say. Nice. And uh not um, a shout out to Amaz- Amazing Spider Man too. 
I will also give a bonus shout out because I did watch a movie uh, a couple nights ago when I did settle down and have my first drink in the new apartment on Sunday night. Um, I settled in and I did what I said I was going to do last week, which is I fired up Amazon and watched the first movie from the Steve McQueen uh, small act series, Mangrove. Uh, This is the story of the Mangrove Nine. It takes place in Britain. It involves a group of defendants who were charged with rioting and assaulting police officers um, after organizing a protest against police misconduct, uh, racism, and police police brutality in Old Daly, England. Um, it starts with Tisha Wright from Black Panther. Uh, it's really, really good, really, really well done. It shares a lot of the story beats and emotional beats of Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah, I but, was going to say that would be a, a good connection to Trial yeah. of the Chicago 7. But told from a much better perspective of the African-American characters involved, because all of the defendants are African-American. Right. Um, and that that makes it much more powerful and affecting than the um, Trial of the Chicago 7, which sort of sidelined the um, character of Bobby Seale in a very unfortunate way in that movie. Um where they didn't delve as much into his character and what happened with him as they probably should have. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed Mangrove. I'm, it definitely is a movie. It's, you know, over two hours long. Um, so I counted it on my best of the year list um, and logged it on Letterboxd. Um, but the rest of them are all under 90 minutes, but I look forward to watching them. Yeah, we're probably are there five the total. I think there are four total on Amazon right now and a fifth one coming. Right, fifth one coming, yeah. Yeah, but the other ones are all under 90, so you could probably take them out tonight if you wanted to. Yeah, I I want to – That's like like a weird series that kind of blurs the lines Mm -hmm. between TV and movies. And I definitely want to get into it and watch it, but I just just haven't had time, and I feel like they – like I want to get to them, and I do think like especially with my personal ladder, probably what'll happen is I'll get to one. Probably I'll do Chicago the sh- of the trial of the Chicago Seven, mm-hmm. then Mangrove, and then just go through the rest of them in order. Yeah. Um, would be probably what'll happen. So yeah, at some yeah. point. Um, yeah, I'm so right. I'm really glad I watched that over watching Pain and Gain. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch that as part of your? Did you? Watch I was going to watch. No, I, I still have Pain and Gain outstanding for as my next movie in the ladder. Pain and Gain is outstanding. You're right. Yeah, I, I like Pain Again. It's, <laughs> it's the next movie on my my personal ladder. Mangrove, I just watched because I wanted something really good to watch with a drink in my hand on the first night relaxing in my apartment. So. Nice. Good good, yeah. good idea. It's always yeah. good to really watch a nice movie. So, all right. Well, speaking of lots of different stories, let's talk about three different stories that all come together in Go. This is from 1999. It is Doug Liman's movie. Um mm-hmm. It was a first watch for me, and I think you thought it was a first watch for you? I know I've definitely seen parts of this movie, if not the whole movie before, but I had no real memory of what happened during it. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched half of it with my brother in the room, and that sort of brought it down a little for me while watching it, because he was constantly asking me why things were happening and what was going on, and I'm like, damn it, I'm trying to watch this for the podcast. Stop it. But, yeah. um, But, yeah, no, I, I... um definitely had seen this before but i have a really terrible memory so i probably it it's sort of a forgettable film where you could walk away and not remember what happened in this movie like a week or two later interesting i i feel like it's because it's separated to three stories for me like i could tell you pretty clearly what happened um mm -hmm. 
And I, so I don't I don't feel like it was one of those movies that there are some movies, especially even for this podcast that we've done, where if you asked me, like, hey, what happened in Columbus? It would take right. me a couple minutes to really remember the plot. But this one, I think, is pretty memorable. Um, well, I think it's, it's so simple. I think it's more of a matter of there are a lot of movies that came out around this time that are these sort of hyperlinked a million characters. They all connect in very razor thin ways mm-hmm. and have different things going on. And then it all sort of comes together at the end, like your um, like you were talking about with traffic or even like the high school comedies that were coming out around that time, like can't hardly wait where you're following like one main character, but you're also following like eight other characters experiencing their night at this party. Mm-hmm. You know, and trying to and seeing how the night is going for for them throughout all their perspectives. So this reminded me a lot of that. Um, yeah, that sort of movie. And there are a lot of movies that do that. Um, Empire Records does that. Uh, Can't Hardly Wait does that. Traffic does that. There's a lot of just the hyperlink thing was really big around this time in Hollywood. Um, yeah, there are a lot of crazy party movies too. Um, Five Hundred Cigarettes does this. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really like it. I think it's a really it can't, you're like You're like, I know 500 cigarettes. I think it's like 200 cigarettes also. Not is it 200 cigarettes? cigarettes? I think so. 500, cigarettes. 500 like, days of summer, 200 cigarettes. 500 days of cigarettes. Um, oh, God, yes. <laughs> uh, no, and I do think so. Since I've been watching a lot of hyperlink movies, this is the fifth, I think, or sixth okay. that I've seen uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I feel like I'm I'm not an expert on the medium, but I've been on the Wikipedia page for hyperlink cinema a lot lately. And mm-hmm. there's actually another type of cinema called composite cinema. Okay. And composite cinema is uh, kind of a version of hyperlink cinema, and that's what this is. And composite okay. is where it's three different stories, and it's got the title card in between, and it tells each story distinctly. Right. Whereas a lot of the hyperlink movies, like Traffic or Babel, sure. tell all these stories. You go from one story to the next, and throughout the, you kind of jump between them. Okay. Whereas mm-hmm. this, we got three distinct stories. So, uh, so that's sort like, of like a composite cinema would be like a Pulp Fiction is an example of composite right, cinema. Right, or like Four Rooms is, is a composite yeah. we're, cinema. We're really okay. stepping yeah. all over our connection segment yeah, right now. Yeah, that's fine. But, uh, I think that's going to happen when you're talking about a movie like this, though. Yeah. I mean, because we're hyperlinking I, to our connection segment right now. That's fine, because it makes sense. Because it's all going to come together in the end. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so we get the three different stories that we get. Uh mm-hmm. And we'll go, I think we'll go through each and, um, you know, we can talk about them. I, I have a lot of questions that came up. But, so we get uh, the story of Rona, uh, yep. which in 2020, I have no interest in stories about Rona. Let's, let's pronounce it per- correctly, Rona. Yeah, uh, I think let's, it is pronounced right. Rona, though. But Did it's spelled, she say Rona? It's spelled Rona, but I think they said Rona. Uh, hit by okay. a car Rana is what I call her. Mm. Um, yeah, so she is a grocery uh Attendant, I guess I, I put grocery bagger. Clerk. I think it's really, gro- grocery clerk, yeah. Grocery bagger, I think, is like very rude. Uh, no, she's a cashier, she's yeah. not a bagger. She also bags, no, but she has to double bag for the woman at the beginning. Um, so she uh, she is trying to afford her rent. Her rent is too mm-hmm. damn high, and she has a connection to get some drugs from Todd, played by uh, Timothy Oliphant, yeah. and uh, she ends up. Ripping off, well, she ends up losing the drugs because she almost gets busted, right. and ripping off Todd, and then selling aspirin as ecstasy, and then getting hit by a car. Massive rave, yeah. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, she goes to a big rave yeah. uh, with her friend Manny, gets hit by a car. So. Yeah, that's that's a pretty concise narrative of what happens to poor Rana. Um, a few things on that. So, what what were your favorite sort of beats along that? Because I have a couple of things. I really liked 
I really liked um the scene where she goes into the house with William Fickner as the police officer. And I hated that scene. In. But it it's so mostly because it's cop- so – that's why I loved it because I'm like, you are so obviously a bad cop. <laughs> like, you're so obviously a cop that, like, you've obviously never done this before. And, yeah. She and, can, uh, like, and we do find I, out more about uh, William Fickner's character. And he's what a weirdo not, he is. not the brightest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but the one thing yeah. I will ask is, uh, so when she goes to the house where the cops are, so mm-hmm. we have the we have the double dragon team there, of, right. uh, Jay Moore right. and Scott Wolf, yes. and so in the when we see that scene again later in the movie, we see Jay Moore says go to Rona and tells right. her like get out, you're about to yeah. get busted. Do yeah. we see that the first time? Because I don't remember no, that from. Okay. No, we don't. You only see it because you're only seeing things from her perspective. So you don't know why she reacted that way running into the bathroom. But, I feel like until you, seen it. but if but if he says you, go and that's what gets her to run to the bathroom, I feel like right, but you're not seeing it yeah. from you're not seeing him in that shot. You're seeing her. So it's mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, that makes yeah. sense. Um, it's showing her perspective, not his. So when it switches to his perspective, it makes sense that that's when you would find that out. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I really liked that scene. I thought um, it was just so awkward, and it really made me invested in her as a character. Um, that she was smarter than all three of these guys in the room, and she was just like, "All right, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> this is dumb. You guys um, suck." <laughs> yeah, she was sort of smarter than them. I mean, so I did I did write my notes. Why would if these are cops, why are they giving a high school girl a beer? Um, which she did right. call out in that they scene. They didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they know she's young. I mean, I, right. they didn't ask. I, I don't know. I guess like, nobody asked. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just don't seem like the the smartest cops. And then they also bought the orange juice and then just what they do is leave in the car. They never brought like they never brought the orange juice up. And well, I think that they I think that the the, the idea was that the the whole of them not them going her saying I'd like some orange juice was her like testing them. No, I don't because, think so. I think she just wanted yeah. orange juice. I think she like they asked her what she wanted to drink. She's like, "Oh, you guys bought orange juice. I'll get, I'll take your orange juice." But I think she was already suspicious of the scene when she walked in, and that's why she asked about the orange juice because she knew that they had bought orange juice earlier, and if they didn't have it, then she'd know it was a. Setup. But why wouldn't they have it? That, that's what doesn't make any sense. Like, if you if right. you went to a store, even if you went to a store, it's like because it's not job. there because it's obvious it wouldn't be their house. Like, it, yeah. Why did they buy orange juice then? Like, what? So what? To take what, to their actual homes. They went to some other home and then went back to the Or they just got rid of all shit, like, after they bought it, because the whole thing was, like, that's part of the sting. Like, yeah, yeah, it was was a very bad sting. I'm very hung up on this. I'm very hung up on this orange juice, because the orange juice kind of reflects, like, just the, some of the other issues that I'll bring up with this, that it just, like, there's a lot of illogical things that happens in this movie. Oh, 100%. Like, everything that happens with, in part two with Simon, makes no fucking sense. Well, uh, sort of. <laughs> I think part one and part three had stuff that really didn't make sense to me. Part Fair two, um, I think, was – well, we'll get to part two. But <laughs> each 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 story, I just had a big question, like, of believability no. with it. And yeah. that's fine. I mean, this movie is, uh, like, about a bunch of people doing ecstasy and partying. So it doesn't right. have yeah. to be the most realistic movie. That's the, not the problem I had. But I just was, like – I guess this is just not the movie that is made for watching and taking notes on because I'm just like, right. What? That exactly. doesn't make any you're going to miss a lot. You're going to miss no, a lot. Of not even you're, you're paying too much attention when you, right. when you're watching a movie and taking notes. Uh, 
I didn't have my brother in the room talking my ear off. So I was actually paying attention to the stuff. And I'm yeah. like, why, where is the, where the hell did they get the orange juice? Or yeah. uh, the other big question I had is like, Todd doesn't know the difference between ecstasy and aspirin. Well, he does. That's why he goes and compares it. Cause he eventually, knows. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Because why doesn't because he, he do that as soon as she comes back? Of course. Like the, because if, he had if, already been charmed by them into like, I know he's a bad drug dealer. We, we, we know he's the bad drug dealer. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're all idiots. I, That's the point. They're all but, but idiots. Like, <laughs> so if I'm a drug dealer and I just gave somebody 20, drug, 20, 20 drugs, I thought I was such a boomer. I gave you 20 drugs. If I gave somebody like 20 ecstasy pills and right. but, like I, I would, A, I would want that money. Exactly. And if somebody came back and like, oh, I don't have the money, I would be like, okay, well, then like, A, there's just not a return policy. But if you're returning anything, like if you're returning it, if you return a DVD to Best Buy, they're going to open up the DVD case and make sure that the the disc is in the box. Yeah, I mean that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I just I feel like that um he just sort of was charmed in the moment by the Katie Holmes character and wasn't really thinking about it and was like in a relaxed state of mind. So his immediate thought when they came back wasn't to open the drugs, but then he's like maybe I should check this after they left because they left in kind of a hurry and then yeah. he's like you know. Yeah, I do like then that they get the idea to start selling the aspirin, the, the yeah. additional aspirin at, at this rave. And yeah, I thought um, that was a really this good part I did find believable where people yeah. just think that Absolutely. they're messed up and they actually aren't. It reminds me of like yeah. you hear about like college parties where people will serve non-alcoholic beer to like freshmen. And exactly. then the freshmen will act like they're super drunk, but they haven't yeah. had anything to drink at all. I feel um, like I've had that. I had that experience in high school, probably. And it's that was the most relatable scene in the movie, definitely to me, and the most fun scene, like the scene in the van when they're like yeah. quote unquote getting the people high and getting drunk. That was that was my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, that was, that was really funny. I did think about the I did think about opening this podcast with that line of uh, is it like a wave or is it like a zoom? It's like floating. oh man, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was good. And then um, I feel like it was just kind of yada yada when they're at the actual rave. Like yeah. Manny starts freaking out and puking everywhere um, yeah. and gets left behind. And then yeah. uh, and then Rana or Rona, whatever, gets hit by a car. So. Yeah, Manny's Manny's drug trip was really good. It it um I feel like that's one of the classic drug trip scene movies that I recall. Like that was the one part of the movie I really remembered was that part and the van part. Um. Like, cause I, cause I feel like I recall that, um, that specific scene having in, and that's, that's a scene that's always kind of fun in movies when music is going crazy and somebody's freaking out in a drug mm-hmm. state and like everything's going crazy around them and there's lights, there's lasers and it's, that's always like visually interesting to me and usually either really terrifying or really funny. And, and it was, was fun of, that, uh, it was fun that they introduced the cat during when he's starting to freak out on the drugs, mm, yeah. um, because like that cat ends up playing a role later on in the movie yeah. because the cat is what alerts uh yeah. what alerts Todd that the people from Vegas are in his apartment. Well, it was really funny because um so at the end of the movie they they asked by the way where's Manny and I was like wait a second wait a second who's Manny is Manny mm-hmm. the cat is Manny the cat <laughs> I can not remember who Manny was oh, yeah. I was like wait, wait is it the cat <laughs> no it's the actual kid who was freaking out yeah where where's Walt yes where where's uh not where's Walt where's uh what's the guy from the from the wire where's uh don't worry about it. where's Wallace yes don't worry about it <laughs> yeah, uh so yeah so then uh then Rana gets hit by a car yeah um, that was brutal I completely um, forgot about that 
Yeah. Well, I feel like that was in the trailer. I think I did know that she was going to get hit by a car. Um, and I guess, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I realized that this was going to end up paying off. I figured that, I actually think and when I was watching it, I was thinking that it was the Vegas guys that hit her by the car. But then mm-hmm. I was thinking the timeline didn't really That's make sense. That's what I was waiting for, yeah. Was somebody, yeah. Somebody, somebody connected to the third, the second part to have hit her, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that wraps up Rana's story, and then uh, then we get Simon's story. So Simon is the coworker of Rona's that she takes his shift so he can go to Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. He wakes up in the trunk of the car. Why was he in the trunk of the car? Um, because he fell asleep before they even left California, so his friends put him in the trunk. Like that's a prank, you know. He didn't wake up. I mean, he yes. woke up in the trunk. Right, but he didn't wake up when they're moving him into the trunk? I guess not. I guess he was that passed out. Also, you're driving through Vegas, and it's probably really hot. Probably, uh, yeah. It's probably like be... 150 degrees. Yeah, uh, you should probably be dead. Yeah, <laughs> or uh, wake up. Yeah, but, uh, well, you know. Yeah, so then we get some classic Vegas. Uh, we get them at the buffet and the casino. Right. Uh, I do love Vegas in movies. Is this the first Vegas we've had on this podcast? Uh, that's a great question. I think it's the first uh, major Vegas shot we've had this movie. Yeah, I was in... trying to remember if we've had any other movies that take No, I don't think we have. I don't, I don't, I don't think we, think we really have. It's our first yeah. Vegas movie. Uh, Magic Mike, they're going to uh, Miami, oh, Magic... right? Yeah, that was that was on the East they're not, Coast. They're not going to Vegas, right? They're going to no, Ma- Miami? They, they're in, like, uh, the southern part of the United States. Okay. I think they're in Georgia for a little bit. Okay. Uh, but they're on their way to Miami, I think, or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, or Daytona or something like that. Yeah, Collateral didn't have any Vegas. Nope. Uh, Memento takes place in, like, a deserty area, but I don't think it was Vegas. No, that's, Ca- that's Southern California. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so we, we get them in Vegas. This one takes a little bit longer to develop, mm-hmm. I thought, than the other ones. Um, you know, we do get that that Simon is using Todd's credit card yep. to book things. Uh, why did Todd give Simon his credit card? I had no idea. That's what I was trying to figure out. That, that was the main question my brother had, and I was trying to figure out whose credit card it was the entire time until the end where they said his name. Yeah. So, so they say it at the so, beginning of the, because I the thought maybe, segment. I thought maybe it was the guy whose car they takes credit card. Cause mm. I didn't remember the credit card previously. So yeah, no, I think when they book the room, he uses the credit card. He mentions okay. it. Um, so yeah, they're just, I mean, that'd be really fun to be in Vegas with some guy's credit card and with your, with your drug dealer's credit card. Yeah, That's not, just not worry about spending money. Um, so then uh, the night gets crazy. Simon crashes a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up going and having a threesome with these two girls. Um, the girl lights. I don't even remember why she puts. Uh, she said because if she, because because if the if she doesn't stuff her nose, the smoke will come out her nose when she inhales. So she puts tissues in it, and then she lights the tissues on fire. And yeah, that, that made this me must be the first time she's ever done that. Because I uh, think so. I think so. Yeah. Because that's gonna happen every time. If you, yeah. yeah. So that that causes the room to catch on fire. Right. So, um, you know, Simon's story is just like a crazy night in Vegas. I mean, this One was the closest night, yeah. this even though this takes place over more than just a night, this mm-hmm. story, I do think this is the closest to after hours where we just get like one thing leading to another. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's a crazy. series of mis- unfortunate events as he's trying to get out of every situation. He just gets himself deeper and deeper in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and then they they because Tay Diggs is wearing uh, the yellow jacket, they think that he's the uh, the first they think he's a, they think he's a bathroom attendant and then they think that he's the valet. I thought that was I thought that was a nice touch. I, I did like yeah. that part of this like story. That too. Uh, the guy throws but, in the keys to the Ferrari and great revenge. Just take the Ferrari. Just take it. Why not? Yeah. So. And that's where they find the gun. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I had a gun in my car, I don't think I would just get, I, well, I guess if I'm driving around with a gun in the car, I'm not that worried, but I probably wouldn't want to give my keys to somebody if I had a gun. In yeah, probably car. not. Probably not. But, you know, yeah. who knows? The whole scene with Simon and the gun made me very nervous. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was waiting for him to shoot. He's looking straight into the barrel of the gun. Yeah. Um, yeah I, was I was waiting like, for him to, like, shoot Tay Diggs or something, because yes. I don't, didn't remember anything about this part. So, yeah, I was waiting for him to either shoot himself or shoot Tay Diggs. But, yeah. Um, I was glad nothing happened, but it made me yeah. way too nervous. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they end up in the strip club, and my big question here is that the strip club does not uh, does not pat people down when they come to the strip club to check if they have Apparently weapons. Apparently they should. I mean, they're supposed to. <laughs> you would think yeah. so. Um, yeah, they definitely should. Uh, and Maybe it's part of the no-touching rule. Uh, no, it is not part of the no-touching rule. Usually strip clubs <laughs> have very high security. Uh, at least that's what I've heard. That was so, the joke. Yeah. Because uh, it's a no-touching rule. So yes, yes, I, I know, yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. And the no-touching rule is what gets them in trouble because exactly. Simon is the one touching. But yeah, uh, that never should have happened. He never yeah, should have true. had the gun in the in the club in the first place. They would have caught him. Um, but mm. yeah, then uh, he ends up shooting the guy, the security guy, and um, and now like, so much happens. So and now they're on the run from the mob, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> really fun. Those really guys stereotypical. Are mob. Those guys are in the yeah, mob. Yeah, very, guys. really stereotypical mob guys. Um, because the the older mob guy start, talks to the younger mob guy about how it used to be back in the old days when you moved up in the ranks and et cetera, et cetera. Well, the guy was his – so if you look at the cast list, that was supposed yeah. to be father and son. Um, right, and they're mobsters, and they're talking yeah. about – like. How the mob is run by idiots now, and then back in the day it was just run like a business, and now it's like you only get you know you only get promoted because the guy in front of you fucked up, you know. Well, the guy in front, the guy he, he yeah. fucked up himself. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you know this this was all kind of illogical to me. Like he he Simon shoots the guy. I mean Simon's kind of an idiot, obviously, but like yeah, uh, for sure, yeah. He shoots the guy, then uh, they have this big chase where they go They go back to the hotel. They The two friends ate too much uh, too much shrimp bad at the shrimp. buffet. Yeah, they ate bad shrimp at the buffet. Um, yeah. yeah, Brendan, I know you can relate to that. Montezuma's Revenge, yeah, I can't. I've, I've had the Montezuma's Revenge before. It's no fun. Yeah. Um, no fun. Uh, yeah, so uh, then they have the the big chase scene. All because, they, I mean, yes, I get that they're pissed that they, they, they shot the guy, but it seems like they went through a whole lot of effort to uh, oh, stop sure. somebody who shot them. So, for sure. Um, then somehow they're able to figure out the hotel, that, or I guess before this, they're able to figure out the hotel because of the credit card, because of Todd Gaines' credit card. Right. Um, exactly. Did he leave the credit card there? Is that how they had the name? I think they dropped the, he, they dropped the credit card in the club, right. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then we just get a huge, you know, kind of a big budget chase scene for this kind of movie. I would assume yeah. this movie doesn't have that big of a budget. So, um, all right. And that's Simon's story. Anything else on Simon's story? Uh, no, just that it was my sort of least favorite. Um, and my interesting, my issue with it, I think is that I think it plays better and works better with what happens at the very end if it's the third one we see instead of the second one. I think if you flip the Scott Wolf Jay Moore stuff with the Simon stuff, because the Jay Moore Scott Wolf stuff in part three sort of loses the momentum that you build during the Simon stuff. And then everything comes together with the big scene in Todd's apartment at the end. But I think you can maintain that momentum if you put 
the Simon part at the third act. And that's that's sort of my issue with it. I think you I think because because um Jay Moore and Scott Wolf are the ones that find Rana, it makes more sense for that one to be second. Yeah. Um and then the, this is what happened because that happened. Everything that happens with Simon is what happens in the finale. Yeah, I feel like I you're like uh, I feel like you're like Charlie Day with the with the chart. Right, I'm doing the I'm doing the chart thing and the yeah. But I I, I think that yeah. actually makes sense. Um, I don't yeah. know why they picked to put this one second. I guess because the one and three are so similar and so connected. This one is right. kind of the the one that's more tangi- tangentially related. Like right. this is she like she takes the Simon. Door. Yeah. Um. And even there is sliding doors here too. I mean, had she not taken Simon Schiff, Simon would have been the one that was busted by the by Adam and Zach because they exactly. were originally after yep. Simon. Um, yep. And Simon, them chasing Simon leads to them tracking him down in Todd's apartment as yep. well. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I guess it could make. I think you you do forget some stuff from the first one. I, there, the connections mm. are a little bit stronger between one and three. Um, I just think when you get to the end of three and so we can talk about that so when would you end three and then go to simon's because three just kind of goes um i guess <laughs> like i guess you go to uh you know to where they go back and save claire or not really save claire but like they find claire they put her on the on another car and then call the police and then that's the end of story three and then we get like or, an epilogue uh, or rana you mean yeah rana what did i say claire Claire, yeah, Claire's Katie. Horn. Usually, Claire's are the ones that are hit by a car, not Rana's. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, I guess you end it there, and then everything the next morning is just kind of the epilogue. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Adam and Zach, and then we can see how we come down on this. So Adam and Zach are yeah. actors who play cops. For some reason, actors who play cops are recruited to be undercover cops as well. Um, well, I think for- this was a way to work for them to work off probation so that they wouldn't have anything on their record right and i it was really unclear what their initial offense was yeah i assumed it was drug related uh, yeah it must have been drug related but who knows um i mean i know they're like small time actors but i just feel like right. if they you know if this is like uh who are the guys on like hawaii 5 like uh like jen and uh oh, yeah. jen from lost and whoever <laughs> else like like this, that's like what they're on they're on like a hawaii 5 type show yeah they are yeah it's like a magnum pi hawaii 5 type right. thing yeah so like i mean you would think people would recognize them you would like, think so but I, I and i think Kate, okay, but. well i think katie holmes does but you never really get that connection because until the very end when she sees them but you don't really like yeah, it's never acknowledged. So, um, yeah, so they're they're arrested. That you know, now we see the other perspective of them mm-hmm. buying the orange juice, which they don't end up using. Mm-hmm. Um, then they they go to the uh, the undercover house, mm-hmm. and Rona goes there and meets them. And we do see, uh, I think it was Adam. Which one was Jay Moore's character? Is that Adam or is that Zach? Do you remember? Uh, so Jay Moore is Zach, and uh, Scott Wolf is Adam. Okay. So, um, yes. Is this for Zach that we've had on this podcast? No, there's not like that a Zach before. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I realized there was a Zach in, um, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there were others. Zach I'm, trying to think, yeah, I'm trying to think if there were other Zachs that we've talked about, but it's always nice when I hear my name. Yeah. Have we had <laughs> any Brendan's on this podcast? Probably. Yeah. 
You're just gonna say probably. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go back through our list again. Let's <laughs> not get sidetracked. Have we had any obs on this podcast? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. All right. Um. So then, uh, yeah. So we get to see the other perspective of them getting yeah. screwed over. Uh, they are wearing. We do see them getting the wires put on them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Then uh, we hear them talking about how both of them have significant others that have been cheating on them. Mm-hmm. And we do not realize that the significant other that they're talking about is each other, that they are a right. couple. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's that's a that's they're a involved thing. in a thruple and they don't realize it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with somebody who lives with Melissa McCarthy. Yep. And we uh, now uh, William Fickner's character just had like a really good gaydar because he seemed to come on to both Scott and Adam. Yeah, I, I I don't know really what the purpose of that more was more than to sort of I think this is this is an issue in film and especially around the 90s and early 2000s where um homophobia and gay panic is used for comedy mm-hmm. and it just didn't really work for me in the moment I didn't really get it and I think it was supposed to be funny and it just wasn't at least to me um. It was just really bad, and it made him a moron and an idiot twice over. Yeah, um, well, so, I mean, but it, it was weird because it did it tie in, like, it, it did tie in because Adam and Zach are a couple, and that was a, that was an interesting twist to have in here because they talked about how they were, uh, how they their spouses or their significant others were cheating on them, but we didn't know that until that, until the reveal a little bit later on, their significant others are each other. Right. Right. So and I mean that's uh, fine, it works, but it just doesn't it doesn't work with the William Fichter part because yeah. it just it, it looks bad. It's a bad book. Yeah. Um and it, it, especially it doesn't work because it, it his entire point is to get them to buy Amway, which doesn't make any sense for the blackmail part. Like, I mean, I don't know, it just doesn't it's not a very good payoff, I don't think. Well, I mean we also do get um, we do get Scott Wolf's character is come on to by by William okay. Fichter's wife, who's played yeah. by Jane Krakowski. So like both, but you know both of this couple is interested in them. Right, so. but th- if this is their way of selling them and getting them to join their multi-level marketing scheme, it's a really bad sales tactic. It's yeah. real bad. You know, it's not the way to sell sell Amway or whatever they're selling. They're just trying to butter yeah. them up and make them feel good. And uh, <laughs> it, also, it's not Amway. All right, it's different than Amway. <laughs> uh, the name of the company is uh, Confederated Products. Have you ever heard of Confederated Products? <laughs> I've not heard of Confederated Products, but I hear it's a lot like Amway. Have you ever had somebody try to get you to buy into a multi-level marketing school? I have, actually. Right after college, I was invited to a seminar at a hotel that was oh, yeah. all about um, buying in at the lowest level, going to all your friends and family, and selling them on this catalog, and how you would move up and like earn a bunch of money by getting them to then turn around and sell the catalog to other people who would then turn, get people to sell the catalog to them and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it was, yeah, it was was definitely a big multi-level marketing scheme. It was bad. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, um, I remember I, right after college also, I was at the grocery store as always, I'm always at the grocery store and some guy came up to me and he's like, are you a student at Michigan State? And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I just graduated or I'm just about to graduate, whatever. And he's like, he's like, you know, I have an internship you might be interested in. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely looking for That's an internship. 
uh and so he's like yeah how about we meet at starbucks like at this day or whatever and so i just met some strange <laughs> dude at starbucks and uh we then uh he he's immediately like, yeah. was like He's like, yeah, I have this great plan, and immediately I was able to see through like what it was that it was this like MLM, and it's yeah. like all you, all you be, do is all you gotta you do buy is the be product. a part of my team, and then recruit people to be under your team, and right. then they recruit people to be under their team, and all of a sudden you're a manager. Yeah, it's um, like yeah. <laughs> there is a theme between all three of these stories. I'm realizing yeah. that you have this uh like story of people working under people, right? Because yeah. this MLM, <laughs> and actually it is interesting too, because the MLM does kind of parallel what William Fickner's character stories. is talking about. Well, he's talking yeah. when they're talking about William Fickner's character is talking about how um this is how they're gonna bust the drug dealer. They're just gonna get the guy mm -hmm. under the drug dealer to sell out the next guy above the chain yeah. and then they'll get the next guy above the chain to sell out the next guy. So it really yeah. is like he's really talking is. about the uh, multi-level marketing scheme as yep. a tactic for uh for uh, well, busting drug dealers that's how a lot of um law enforcement chooses to do it too and that's why you see a lot more low-level drug offenders go to jail than the actual higher-ups who are the drug dealers and suppliers and um traffickers because it's a lot easier to bust and charge a low-level street offender, and if they don't flip to give up somebody above them, they just go to jail. Well, well so, you at, know, least, at least back in the 90s, it's yeah. maybe changing. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, then that was... also when we have the mafia guys in story two, it's kind of the mm -hmm. same thing, right? They have that discussion about how you just wait for the guy ahead of you yep. to screw up, and then you move along in the chain. So exactly. each yep. of these stories does kind of have that that theme of the chain uh, moving sure. on the chain. For sure. So, yeah. Um, all right, so well, then and it even mirrors what um it even mirrors what Rana's first interaction is with her first customer of the day, where she's sort of like where she and that um the lady who was on Lost um had that conversation. That lady on Lost. Then she was Hurley's fortune teller. Stefan Johnson pointed this out to me. Oh, I was gonna get to it in the feedback. So she was Hurley's fortune teller in uh, Trisha Tanaka. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you, Stefan, for pointing that out to me. I knew I knew her from somewhere, and I couldn't figure it out. But they have that conversation about how I used to have your job, you know, and she's like, yeah, and where are you now? And she's like, yeah, where are you going to be in five years? You mm -hmm. know, And that, that sort of parallels that whole thing, too, of, like, are you just going to keep being part of this cycle of, you know, just being a store clerk, or are you going to go do something else, you know, and move up in the world? Mm -hmm. And then she does move up in the world because now she she becomes a small time time drug dealer instead of a drug user. And then gets so, hit by a car. And then, and then gets back and then gets back yeah. is back to her job the next morning. So, mm -hmm. um, all right. Arm so Adam Adam and Zach, let's see what else do they got. The, so then then they go um, to the rave. Why why do they end up going to the rave? Because um, they were looking for the boyfriend. They're looking for whose boyfriend? They're for, the one that's part of their triangle. He was oh right. right yes okay yeah, yeah, yeah. that was what it was. Yeah, so they're, they're talking about they, they realize they're cheating on each other with the yeah. same person exactly. they yeah then they they chase down this guy he happens to be at that big rave that everybody's yeah. at um, then they hit rona with the car when they're leaving i do think that was funny when they try to use the wiper blades to like her <laughs> yeah. on the windshield and they use the wiper blades i i that, that i think was the funniest part of the movie for yeah. me was the reaction um, yeah, that was really good. Scott Wolf is a good actor. I'm surprised he never really Scott got Scott Wolf is an okay actor. I think Jay Moore is an okay actor as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you watch Party of Five? 
I did not watch Party of Five. Speaking of Lost, um, Matthew Fox was on Party of Five as well. That, that he was, yeah. Yep. I did really like um, the part where he's acting in the sh- in that one scene where he's like acting like he's crying. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. And the scene where they're on the hill was also really good, where they're on the cliff and he's like, cry- he's like crying and he's like, no, it's just a scene from our show. Yeah. I need you to act like. Yeah, this is was, just another scene. Yeah, yeah that's, I thought that was really good. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Um. So then like we that. we they go to the the gas station and mm-hmm. we get the most unbelievable part of this entire movie for me, and that was the fact that Scott Wolf Zach was wearing the wire the entire time and did not feel oh, yeah, it yeah, and yeah. did not realize it. How is that? Possible? No, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's and also, I cannot imagine that that range of that wire is that good that they are recording them. It's right, far, because it's like the way the, the uh, way wire, wires like that work is there's supposed to be somebody in a van a hundred yards away from wherever you are recording what the wire is picking up. Yeah. So the wire never picked anything up. Right. So are we just thinking they're they're just idiots basically? They're just idiots because okay. they don't know how wires work. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just um, idiots. Despite the fact which is ironic because they work on a cop show. So you right. think they have you know, yeah. Yeah, they're mimbos, as they would say on they're mimbos. On, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so then they go back. They say they get Rona. She's still alive. I don't know what they mm-hmm. were planning to do. They're going to hide the body. Um, and so then they put her on the car, and she ends up getting saved by uh, mm-hmm. an ambulance. Find her. So um, they cause her They cause her downfall, but then they, they save her as well. Yeah. I thought so, that was good. Good yeah. job, guys. Um, then I wish we would have gotten a title card that just said, like, epilogue or the next morning something, or something. Yeah. Because it just kind of went to the next scene where we have Claire right. and Todd having breakfast. Um, right. And the discussion, they, you know, that they literally Which is really why did... I felt like part two should have been before this, because it part two leads directly into what happens in part three with Todd, because the mob guys show up. So, I mean, it made, you know, it made more sense to me for for part two and part three to switch because of that, because the shift doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um yeah, because at that point I was like, are we still in the same story? But then right. having looked at it all together, yeah. it's no. That's yeah, I, actually like the, I was the, waiting for a title card to come up and be like part four Claire's story. Yeah. And it wasn't. And so when it wasn't there, I was a little confused. Oh, that. was this supposed to be Claire? I guess this is like all Claire. Was this supposed to be Claire's story at the end of the uh, at the end I of guess, it? Yes, but they also didn't bother putting a title card up. So it was a right. little unclear. Yeah, because she is so, in all of it. So. Yeah, I do think it's just kind of an epilogue that it just kind of wraps up all the stories. Although we don't get anything else with Adam and Zach after this, correct? Right, that's and that's just, yeah, that's why I thought that it didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. and that was going to be my major note is that it would have been nice if Adam and Zach had shown up somehow, or William Victor's character had shown up somehow in the final part with the mob guys. Like if William Victor had like busted down Todd's door. And found the mob guys there with the gun and was it like led to some sort of police standoff. Like what happens in um oh, what's the Tarantino movie where they're in the hotel and it's Christian Slater and they're in the hotel and they're having like Oh, a true lies. Or not true, true romance. Uh, uh, true romance. Yeah, yeah, like true true romance. True romance. yeah. Yeah, that that would have been really great. Like that's that's what I was kind of expecting. Was well, like speaking a true of Tarantino, we do get like a Tarantino-esque, um, and there's a lot of Tarantino in this movie in general, but we do get a Tarantino-esque conversation between Todd and Claire talking yeah. about the family circus being the worst For of sure. the funnies yeah. and, uh, and Christmas gifts as well. Just like mm-hmm. a classic diner, uh, you know, I don't tip yeah. waitresses, Madonna type scene. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I liked both of them in that scene and I liked both of them as actors. So, yeah, it was cute. I had no idea Timothy Oliphant was ever that young. 
I had no idea Timothy Olyphant had his hair that blonde ever. Yeah. Either had bleach blonde tips with the so. freaking neck tattoo. It was ridiculous. Uh, Claire, Claire and Todd seem like they're going to go back for a one-night stand or one-morning mm-hmm. stand at his apartment, and that's when the mafia guys are there from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Right when they're about to do something to Todd, Todd's going to sell Simon. But Simon does him the favor and just shows up anyways. And right. so then the mafia guys, they chase Simon all the way back from Vegas to L.A. just to shoot Simon in the arm, uh, <laughs> in, the, in the fleshy part of the arm. In the fleshy so, part, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, the final bit of this movie, we are back at the grocery store and they mm-hmm. realize they're missing Manny. So they go, they leave. I guess they can just leave work to get Manny. Is that they can just punch out even though? Yeah, I didn't know where he was. And the, unless he was like behind the store. No, I think he was still at the rave. I think we went back to the rave. Oh, okay. Rave. So yeah, it doesn't make any sense that yeah. they just left work. I guess they just quit. Uh, I guess. I mean, Rona still needs money to pay her rent. Is yeah, that the whole they point? still need money to pay Everything her rent. Everything happening? Yeah. And, and they're still working, wearing their work aprons, so. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, we we went really in-depth into all the uh, intricacies <laughs> of that story. We normally don't go beat by beat on our movies as far as recapping the movies. This is yeah. interesting. <laughs> uh, it just kind of happened. Um, it just kind of happened. Well, the way just, everything just kind of happened. Because I had, like, movie. all these logical things that, I was, that didn't make sense. The wire, the aspirin. Right. Uh, you know, chasing the Vegas guys chasing Simon all the way back to right. L.A. When it's just like let him go, bringing the bringing the gun into the um into the strip club. I do think there are a lot of characters that just kind of disappear, like all of yeah. Simon's friends just kind of disappeared yeah. as well. So, um, but yeah. So, which story was your favorite? I know you said two was your least favorite. Yeah. So I think everything in part one was probably my favorite. Um, just the, I thought the setup for everything was really good. I thought the scene at the house with William Fichtner and, um, Adam and Zach was really good. I thought everything with Rana trying to figure out where she was going to get the money, deciding to get the drugs. I thought the scenes with Timothy Oliphant in his apartment, trying to convince him to do her the favor was all really good. I thought the setup with Katie Holmes kind of freaking out and like, no, I don't want to go up to the drug dealer's apartment and like, then she has to, and she's sort of sitting there awkwardly. She was kind of wasted in this movie. Kate that was, was all a big really star good, though, at the time. But yeah, I mean, she's so. a big TV star. Right. But, um, but I mean, she's a, she's a bigger star than Sarah Polly. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I think it was all. Yeah, I think everything in part one did a really good job to set up the movie and get us invested in the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, to get us through parts two and three. So I, I really thought part one was the strongest part for sure. Yeah, uh, I will say I don't know. They all had their ups and downs. I don't think mm-hmm. one's my favorite. I just like two in general. Like Crazy Night in Vegas movies are always fun to me. Mm-hmm. So For um, sure. even if it was a little illogical, I love I loved the idea of just having a guy throw your his Ferrari keys at you and you're just like cool, <laughs> go enjoy riding. Cool. Right. Um, yeah, so I thought that was good. Fair enough. Um, and I liked when they burned down the hotel. That so, was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Any other questions that we have before we get into feedback? Any other questions you have before we get into feedback? Not at the moment that we have it covered. Um, I think a couple more questions will come up uh, throughout the course of feedback. So let's let's yeah. get into the list. All right, let's, let's get into feedback. So uh, Jeff wrote in, he said, uh, The good, I liked how the story was told from three different perspectives, and they all tied together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some funny parts and some minor twists that somewhat surprised me. Mm-hmm. But so it was bad. It wasn't a very funny movie overall. While all the storylines tie back together, I really don't care about the characters. There just seemed like to be another nonsensical movie about young kids gone wild. Those <laughs> damn young kids. Spoken like a true boomer, Jeff. Youths. 
Yeah, it uh, Utes. It definitely wasn't based in reality and just wasn't a good movie. I give it two point five stars. That's so. I mean that's still a pretty decent score for something that he didn't like. Two point five is pretty good. Um, it's not it's not awful. Two point five is average. So I'll take uh, it. Below average, isn't it? Isn't three average? Definitely talked about this. Three is average and two point five is below three average. Is average. Fine, slightly below average. Yeah. So um, here's here's a question. Um, is this a Christmas movie? Or is this a movie that happens to take place on Christmas? I was thinking about that. Um, I, this would definitely not be on my Christmas movies list. Uh, I don't think it is either. I it think just it's, happened, a movie... yeah, it's just kind of like they made it on a set that also had Christmas decorations behind them. Right, like, exactly. Christmas they, never really plays a role. It was a very low budget, and they found, I think they shot wherever they could. And when they were shooting, it happened to be Christmas, so there were Christmas lights everywhere. And they put Timothy Oliphant in a Santa hat and said, Merry Christmas. Oh, and that's, that's about it, you know. Yeah. I do feel like if you're going to talk about Christmas, I mean, like, you could have Christmas play a bigger role in Vegas. I'm sure Christmas time right. in Vegas, there's all kinds of Santas and things that you could have going on. Yeah, for um, sure. You also, if you're trying to sell a, a mid-level marketing scheme or whatever that's called, a multi-level marketing scheme, they William Fickner's character could have been like, you can get Christmas presents for all it's your like friends. Gifting. Yeah, it's yeah. gifting. It's gifting. Yeah. yeah, so. No, I think they definitely could have incorporated it more. It just, it just, like, struck me how much... The movie sort of sets itself up in Act One as a Christmas movie, and then doesn't follow through it on that. I mean, the rave at has all a big Santa, but like, yeah, it could have been a big Christmas party. You could mm-hmm. have had like a crazy, you know, weekend before Christmas. Exactly. Although I do think that this movie probably took place right around the time when we're recording. I mean, today's right. December fifteenth. The movie yeah. probably took place around December fifteenth. That's true. So, I mean, everybody's home. It's close from, to Christmas, but yeah. not yet Christmas time. It's like right, right before Christmas time. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Before everybody starts getting super excited for Christmas. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to read Olin's feedback? Yeah. So Olin says he really enjoyed this one. Uh, ranking of the three main character arcs, uh, Rana's was the first, was the most compelling for me, followed by Adam Zach and Simon being relatively weak, weakest for me. The structure and my feelings towards each just is that it felt like it was dragging itself down. It piqued my interest again with the re- return of Rana and establishment of Adam and Zach preferred the more small community feel. So the big trip to Vegas was a bit jarring for me. Uh, Sarah Polly stood out with having never heard of her without having heard of her before. Uh, William Fickner was my favorite actor in Prison Break and absolutely loved Timothy Oliphant in Santa Clarita Diet. So it was great to see them here. Couple extra notes. I felt a strong connection between Rana and William H. Macy's character in Fargo. That's Hmm. interesting. Uh, having initial money issues and trying to work on plans to fix that that just builds and builds and builds and to get that ends up getting them in more trouble. Uh, also, the whole couple of incidences with Marcus being mistaken as a valet and bathroom attendant reminded me of the surrogate episode yep. of Curb Your Enthusiasm, particularly when we when when Larry mistakes a well dressed African American as a valet. Rating four out of five from all. Oh, nice. nice. Um, yeah, I. I uh... I do think that this has touches of Fargo in it, and mm. we'll touch on that during our connections. Um, I think just around the – like, this movie was just made in a, like, post-Fargo, post-Pulp Fiction world. For sure. Yeah, it's – I think this movie was definitely trying to be a dark teenage comedy, but it wasn't really particularly, like, super funny. Mm-hmm. I think it was – yeah, I think it was definitely more serious than, than it was funny. It was It was funny in the way that some Tarantino movies are funny, you know? Where they'll have funny lines now and again, but um, and this is kind of jumping a little bit ahead to the mm. uh, connections, but isn't there like a movie that's 
about like a bachelor party gone wrong that takes place all in a hotel room. Yes. Um, came yes. Out around this it's time. coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's you could even call it a mirror mirror movie of this movie. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, it's, um, it's coming up. Yeah. All right. I have another one. I I, I think this one I'm gonna need your your coaching through some of my connections because I have like ideas yeah, for connections, for sure. but I don't have quite. That yeah, idea. for sure. Uh, so Jeremiah Panhorse writes in and says, surprisingly, I enjoyed Go. I'll give it four stars. All that for three hundred dollars rent, faced with tears of joy. I can't believe that everyone actually lived through this. I think Face yeah. with Tears of Joy, uh, you copied and pasted an emoji, and it responded. Oh, it it translated it into text because I don't think he wrote Face <laughs> with Tears of Joy. I did. I took this from uh, I took this from Twitter. Yeah. Yes, Face with Tears of Joy. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Thank you, Jeremiah. I think that's what I would call this movie: Face with Tears of Joy. Yeah. Face with Tears of Joy. Yes. Uh, four oh. stars for yeah, all that for three hundred dollars rent. Um, that was rent a lot. Is, yeah, rent is two dollars ninety nine, man. Oh man. Yeah. All right, uh, and I'll, I'll wrap us up. Uh, well, I don't know if this is wrapping us up, but I'll go to Kyle. Oh, no, we have more. Uh, we'll just ping pong back and forth. Kyle gave it four and a half stars. Uh, this was Kyle's suggestion. He says, it's hard to say how much of my enjoyment of this movie is based on nostalgia, but it definitely held up very well for me over the years. I just find the movie to be a really fun joyride with funny character moments and a blast to see the threads tie together. So some of Kyle's highlights. He says, Timothy Oliphant was sexy, intimidating, and fun. I feel like his family circus rant deep in my... I felt his family circus rant deep in my soul and i think about it regularly um i don't have any feelings on family circus i don't think i've read the the funny either i mean i i haven't read it since i was a kid i I don't really you know family circus was one of those ones that was always like so cute it was like the cute ending to the comics it's like yeah it's not it's not funny it's just cute yeah Yeah, so it's always in that corner i guess right yeah it's always um, in that corner all right, and he also says William Fickner and Jane Krakowski's Confederate mm-hmm. Products MLM side hustle during the sting operation is so bizarre and hilarious. Uh, it did just really come out of nowhere, and I did like that quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, I liked uh, it. it really I think all the products that he was hyping up in his bedroom were based on that MLM as mm-hmm. well. Probably, yeah. And, uh, oh, this is Melissa McCarthy's big screen debut. Ah, got it. Loved her cameo as the fruit fly playing defense amongst all the gay guys cheating on each other. Oh, he puts <laughs> fruit fly in quotes. I didn't realize fruit fly yeah. was a term. So, so um, this is the thing. You can't call it a cameo when it's their screen debut. Oh, that's yeah. OK, <laughs> but it's like a, it's a retrospective in retrospect. It's a cameo, so. a retrospective cameo. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, also, Kyle says that here is the no doubt. He, he put a link in links don't work on podcasts usually. Yeah. But he said, here's the no doubt music videos filmed in the style of go. I believe it's um, it's the song that's on the soundtrack. I almost used it as the outro music last week. Yeah, uh, I should have referenced that. I just copied everything. Yeah, it is called New. The song is called New. So look up the new music video Got if you it. want to watch the the music video connection to this movie. Um, I know Kyle was telling me he really loves that song as well, and he was yeah. mad I could use it. So, all right, uh, you get to go with Molly's feedback. Yeah, so Molly said, Go makes good use of the multiple perspective storyline gimmick. Uh, it's never boring and has some good characters. I like Jay Moore in this and the multi-level mar- marketing dinner is hilarious. Sarah Polly is also great. I wish she made more dark comedies. A unique addition to my holiday watch list. So she's adding it to her holiday watch list. Interesting. Nice. Uh, three and a half stars. Nice. All right. Stefan Johnson says, wow, I'd never heard of this movie, so I had no expectations. But that was fun. The pacing was good. The actors were all crazy enough to be wild but still believable. While this movie is not an awards movie, it is really great for what it is. Oliphant, Fickner, and Diggs were all especially great. Four out of five. 
PS, shout out to the mom at the beginning, who was also who was being cashed out, was also on Lost. So, which you mentioned, uh, early fortune teller Ian yes. Trisha Tabak is dead. Yes, yeah. that is that is a fun connection. That is uh, a really fun connection. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to go with my feedback because my feedback kind of aligned with what Stefan said. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Like it, the movie just kind of moved along briskly. It was fun mm-hmm. to watch. It's yeah, it's not an awards movie, it's, but for what it is, I thought, you know, for a late 90s comedy with a bunch of rising stars in the 90s, I thought it did that. Mm-hmm. It was definitely logical. I think I complained about the logic a lot in it, but it's not the yeah. kind of movie that needs to be that logical. Um right. I think my That's biggest okay. my biggest complaint is that while they tied some things together, there's a lot that just kind of got like left alone, mm-hmm. and um, there were some leaps in logic that just kind of were felt kind of lazy writing. So I'm gonna go with three and a half stars, so a little bit less Fair than Stefan, um, but a little bit more than Jeff. Fair enough. Fair enough. So three and a half. And the listeners were at a three point seven five. I am also gonna go with a three and a half. Um, mostly for the reasons that that we already talked about. I think that. Parts of this were really fun. Parts of this were really funny. Parts of it hold up really well as far as the pacing, as far as the actors and the action. And um, I think the main problem it has is that it doesn't do enough to connect the end to some of the parts that came before it. And I think that can be helped if you flipped the second and third acts. Yeah, I do um, like that a lot. You should write I'm, that note to them. For that, I am giving it a 3.5 as well. Yeah. So, Do you think that the end being not connecting to everything was supposed to be like a commentary on the family circus, how the family circus is the end of the funny pages and it doesn't really connect to anything? Now you're getting deep. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It could, could, could be. Could be. I would be to think about it. Yeah. Is is it more like a zoom or is it like a wave, man? <laughs> so so that's uh, gonna give us a three point eight five for wow. the lip. No, three point eight five. That can't be right. I'm sorry. Three point five eight. Okay. Three point five eight. Which is gonna be a three point. Which is gonna be a three point five overall for the letterbox purposes. I think this so is like the definition of a three point five movie. It's yeah, cool. for sure. Like it's it's a lot of fun. It's a movie that I was happy to revisit, having not watched it in twenty years. Um. And it was nice to realize that I had seen it before. Um, there are a lot of things I really liked. Um, I didn't think any of the actors were bad in it. Like that, that's got something going for it. Um, even Breck, just even Breck Meyer, because I thought he was terrible. I uh, yeah, no comment. I, mean, he, I, I think, think he was supposed reason, to be really. Bad. There's a he's supposed to be really bad, and there's a reason that we leave those two characters. You know, they're they're the weakest two friends, and they're the weakest part of the movie for sure. Yeah. Um, Breckenmeyer is much better. No, no, not Breckenmeyer. In... It was the other guy that was really bad. Uh, no, Breckenmeyer was awful. <laughs> yeah, Breck, but the other friend was even worse. Um, oh, yeah, he was really bad. I don't even uh, know who that was. That was So that yeah. is James Duvall, and you would may know him as the brother in Independence Day, like from the Trailer Park family in Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Like, uh, but... He's also in Donnie but I'm not sure. I don't remember who he is in Donnie. Well, yeah. If you want better Breckenmeyer, check out Road Trip or Clueless. Yeah, Breckenmeyer had a moment. Um, <laughs> Breckenmeyer had a moment. What happened to Breckenmeyer? Oh, speaking of, we were talking about Garfield earlier. Breckenmeyer was oh, yeah. in Garfield's movie. Oh, yeah, he's he's John, right? Or John. Who's the yeah, who's, who's Garfield's dad or John. whatever? John. John. Yes, John. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So that's 3.5. So let's, uh, we we're talking about some connections. What yeah. do you have for connections to After Hours? So mostly just the crazy trying to find someone to get to do something so that they can pay their rent or go home or running across the city trying to complete a task is the main thing with After Hours. Um, I also thought the soundtracks were both um, 
really on point and of the times um as the, as far as their movie soundtracks went they they used popular music from the 70s and 60s to emphasize important moments in both movies mm. um like uh like the when they're running away in the car in Vegas and there's that um the Steppenwolf song Steppenwolf song and then they have um the uh Simon and Garfunkel or the Monkey song Last Train to Clarksville is dropped at a really integral moment in After Hours so I, yeah. those two beats reminded me of each other um and they I think they probably happened around the same time and it marked in the movies too yeah um let's see what else in, uh, so far- I got a couple I uh we got a uh, crazy taxi ride so they yeah. take a crazy taxi back to the hotel um, we have a story that ends with a chase. So the mm-hmm. Vegas story ends with a big chase and the end of after hours, he's not a car chase, but he's being chased mm-hmm. on foot. Um, and mm-hmm. I also wrote down Tay Diggs's yellow jacket. You commented last week. How oh, yeah, the hell hell wearing yellow. Yep. Yeah. Um, so. Also really, really drugs that are worse than you think they are, because there's that one scene in after hours where they're smoking the pot and he's like, this isn't pot. Mm hmm. And oh, that's right. Yeah. The same thing happens with the drugs in the this aspirin. movie, yeah, band, where they're not actual drugs. Um, that was that was one I had written down. Um, the characters end up back at work the next yeah, morning. Good point. Uh, they, they do have to return to work the next morning, and they're worse for wear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are after a horrific beatdown. They are quite so, worse for wear. Uh, connections to other movies, of course. I have a long list of that. Uh, what kind of stuff do you have? And I can get. Yeah. So I have uh, dancing in the store from Magic Mike double XL. Oh, nope. I did not have uh, that. That's good. And then there's the big dance scene in this where he's dancing to the Macarena. Um, I oh, had, yeah. That was such a dated reference. The Macarena. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It really was. Um, I had crime on Christmas, obviously from home alone. Um, and crime gone wrong. I also have, which is yeah, just like exactly. Fargo, Fargo reservoir dogs. Uh, some of the yeah. other collateral, I think was crime gone, gone wrong too. Yep. So um, um, I also thought that repeating a narrative was similar enough to Happy Death Day and Groundhog Day. Even though we're seeing it from different perspectives, we're still repeating the narrative of the same day. Over didn't over. we get different perspectives in 500 Days of Summer? Didn't we see different scenes from, we, from different people's perspectives did, in 500 yeah, Days did, of Summer? We did. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I also, uh, speaking of Happy Death Day, so the movie opens with, uh, like, the opening credits are interrupted. Mm. Uh, or the opening like studio logos interrupted which is what happens in happy death day as well yep. so um and when hamilton has scenes from multiple different perspectives as well yeah it does yep mm. um they mentioned steve mcqueen in a line i don't remember exactly what but they did mention steve mcqueen so uh the great escape and then kind of once upon a time in hollywood as yep. well sure. um timothy oliphant was in once upon a time in hollywood so we can that he was that. as uh stacy yeah yeah i think that's the only actor connection in this movie i believe that is a major actor <laughs> connection yeah, yeah. Um, so we get a grocery store scene, which connects to Home mm-hmm. Alone, Christmas movie, which connects to Home Alone, uh, diner scene. We've had lots of diner scenes. So many diners. Specifically, scenes, yeah. like that was Reservoir Dogs, basically the conversation at the diner. Yep. Um, Simon, the a, a character of Simon, felt like that could have been Simon Pegg. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he kind of has an accent. British like, guy. Yeah, he is British. Yeah. I mean, like, so. I'm kind of surprised that wasn't Simon Pegg, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually. My memory of this movie was that it was Giovanni Ribisi. Oh. And when it wasn't, I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think the actor who was Simon was in, like, anything else, really. No, he hasn't been. I looked him up, yeah. Robert Peters. Or no, not Robert Peters. Who plays Simon? Oh, Desmond Askew. Uh, he was in The Hills Have Eyes. Okay. Was, yeah. um, strippers, that connects to Magic Mike <laughs> and Full Monty. That does, uh, that does. 
And uh, on the set romance. Mm -hmm. So they they were having a romance with Jimmy from makeup that connects to Marnie. And uh, yeah, and she or and uh, not Marnie. The uh, girls. The, I know what you meant. The girl. Yeah. Yeah. The girls. Yeah. Um, and workplace romance. I guess you can connect to working girl and yep. don't tell mom. The babysitter's dead. Uh, the yellow car that they drive reminds me of Jimmy's car from Memento. I don't okay. know if that was also a Mazda Miata. That might have been a Porsche. I can't remember, okay. but just that same like very small um, convertible. Fair enough. So, and um, then my. Did they my, drive from LA to Vegas and set it off? Just... Uh, I don't think they ever go to Vegas and settle. Okay. Okay. No. Um. Uh, so I have one last. I have, a, I have a good like banger to go out on connection wise. Do you have anything else? Nope. Good. All right. Overreaction to a crime and chasing somebody way further than you should have for a low, for something that was not worth it. Uh, connects to Home Alone. That so. it does. Jimmy, stop that Fargo? boy. Yeah. Fargo? But Jimmy especially. <laughs> Uh, yeah, chasing Jimmy cats for, that the tooth, boy. for the toothbrush yeah. is the equivalent of chasing a guy who shot you from Las Vegas all the way to Los Angeles. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll take it. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, yes. So that is the long list of connections. Maybe oh, there I will be a, be a reset. We will not have long lists of connections moving forward, <laughs> at least in January. All right. Uh, so uh, Go got a 3.5 is the average. Yep. And now we're going to figure out what we're watching next week. So we're going to connect to uh, a movie that was sent in either by our listeners or by us. So we have a lot of connections to read through. Then we'll each mm -hmm. pick a listener connection and a host connection to move on to the final four and pick a movie for next week. So Absolutely. lots of ways to go from this one. All right. So Jeff's connections. His first is Woman in Gold. That is a movie with Katie Holmes. Never, uh, never, heard, heard, never heard of Woman in Interesting. Gold. Um, <clears throat> with Melissa McCarthy, The Nines. Also never heard of. I, um, I do think I've seen the nines. I need to. I think Ryan Reynolds is in that. Uh, okay. But it follows three artists and uh, somewhat of a uh, three-story connection. Got so, it. Okay. And the last is National Lampoon's Vacation has Jane Krakowski in it. Uh, I okay. do not remember her in National Lampoon's mm -hmm. Vacation. Okay. So do you, do you remember who she plays in that? I'm assuming in the first the, one. I'm. I mean, I'm assuming it's the first one. Maybe. Maybe he would recommend the remake, but I would hope not. Not either. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, we'll find out. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Keep you'll going. look it up while I talk. I'll, all right. Keep I was well. I was trying to find the nines to see if it was the movie that I saw. It is the movie with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Um, yes. Nice. Uh, the Nines is actually a pretty good movie. I, I saw it a long time ago. Nice. Very few people have seen it. I like the Nines. All right. Um, she so, is cousin Vicky in National Lampoon's Vacation. I don't know who cousin Vicky. Oh, she's is she married to cousin Eddie? No, I think that's the daughter. Oh, okay. Because she would have been pretty young in that movie. I mean, that that was from 1983. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I think she's Cousin Eddie's daughter. Uh, okay. So. All right, well, speaking of remakes, uh, Sarah Polly is in Dawn of the Dead, so Olin suggests yes. Dawn of the Dead from 2004. Yeah. It's the remake. Yeah. Um, stars as a character working long hours in the horror remake. Opens with her leaving a hospital, just like at the end of Go. Seems like there are a lot of other thematic links as well. Mm -hmm. I guess drug users being zombies. Um, would love to watch more Sarah Polly. Oh, Olin's a big fan. Um, oh, and then Olin also recommends the movie I was thinking of, uh, yep. Very Bad Things from 1998. Saw this in theaters. A boy's trip to Las Vegas gets a bit out of control. Stars Christian Slater, John Favreau, uh, not the podcaster, John Favreau, yeah. the director and actor, and Cameron Diaz and Daniel. Oh, Daniel Stern as well. Yeah, Daniel know. Stern would be an actor connection there earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's right. um, not a great movie, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. We might pick it. 
<laughs> uh, I, I remember like when that. I remember seeing the trailer for that, but never saw that movie. So yeah, I saw it in theaters, and I really wanted to walk out. Like I was one of the only people in the theaters, and I didn't. Very bad movie is what you had yeah. to say. Very bad. So, I had very bad things to say about it. There you go. Yep. Uh, Jeremiah says Pulp Fiction for uh, connecting series. I think Pulp Fiction in general is just like a yeah. very like strong connection to this movie. Sure. Um, this was like a, I think this was meant to be like a comedy version of uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he also suggested for Katie Holmes, "Thank You for Smoking." Now, wasn't mm-hmm. that a lot of different stories that all connected, or was that I saw that once and I don't remember? Isn't that just one story? I'm pretty sure it's just one story. Oh, okay. Um, and then it's Clark... all um, it's all uh, oh, what's his freaking name? Um, Aaron Eckhart, right? You're following him the entire time, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I thought maybe they told a couple of different perspectives, but it's been a while. Um, and then the last one is uh, Clerks. He said mm-hmm. takes place around a store, and then you copied his emoji, which Perfect. was a person shrugging emoji. Yep. So, uh, all right, Kyle. Kyle says uh, Love Actually, another hyperlink movie set around the holidays, making this movie very timely. I believe there would be a, also a character similar to Simon that scores women by playing up his accent. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good connection too. Um, would be fun to hear you talk about this movie since it has really fallen from grace in most people's minds. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be a fun. I, w- I would be fun. That would be fun to talk Love about. Love Actually, I think, is a Christmas movie, isn't it? Yes. Love Actually is a Christmas movie. Um, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, up all night movie revolving around getting to a party or a concert and the hijinks mm-hmm. that ensue to get there. Um, another connection is Swingers, same director as, uh, as uh, Go. Yeah. And uh, I will say, too, it's... It, I mean, they go to Vegas. Like the whole second second lot story yeah. is basically Swingers just redone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Swingers is a very strong connection to this. And Titan AE, the Go movie writer wrote Titan A the Titan AE screenplay. It's one of my favorite animated films. Kyle's favorite, not mine. Uh, and I think it is criminally overlooked and underappreciated. So it'd be fun to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never seen Titan AE. So. Cool. All right, and Molly's going with a title connection. So she has Where Did You Go, Bernadette, with Kate Blanchett. Um, I feel like also, uh, is Melissa McCarthy in that as well? Um, no. No. I feel like I just saw Where Did You Go, Bernadette. No, you're thinking, I think you're thinking of um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah. I, I think, I yeah. Okay, so Where Did You Go, Bernadette has Kate Blanchett in it. Uh, former architect goes to Antarctica and her uh, her daughter and her husband search for her. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Let Him Go, a new movie with Kevin Costner and Diane Lane trying to rescue their grandson from family mm-hmm. living off the grid. And Never Let Me Go, a British dystopian story of, of schoolmates discovering their tragic destiny, starring Carrie Mulligan and Kira Knightley. Carrie Mulligan and Kira Knightley, say that. that I will not. Show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, those are all movies with the go in the title. I do like the title connection. I like it. We can get that. And Stefan, he suggested Swingers which we already talked about. Another one, which has a connection he did not mention, but it's a movie that resets. He suggests Vantage Point. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the other uh, connection to this movie is with Vantage Point? I do not. There is an actor in Lost and an actor in Party of Five in Vantage Point. Oh, Matthew hey, there Fox you go. Vantage Point, so. Nice. All right. Um, well, let's move on uh, to our connections. So yep. uh, do you want me to go first or second? So – why don't I go first? I have several honorable mentions written down, but I will go through the ones I'm actually picking first, okay. and then I'll mention some of my honorable mentions. Um, so the based off of uh, Molly's um, movies with Go in the title, I wanted to pick one that she didn't pick. So I thought about the Will Ferrell uh, dark comedy, dark comedy, everything must go. 
Mm. Um, so that's going to be my first connection. Okay. And then I also that's thought about... That's your actual connection and not That's your... one of my actual connections, yeah. So my, my other two connections are both multiple perspectives slash hyperlink revolving around crimes. Uh, the first one is, of course, the classic hyperlink film that everyone re- references when you talk about this type of movie, and that's Rashomon. Ah. And the other one is more recent and a movie I haven't seen, but I um, have heard referenced as being underappreciated and underrated, and that's Bad Times at the El Royale. I think that might have come up before on the podcast. Uh, that I just that was one of the late additions to my list as well. Oh damn! Uh, I'm not sure if Rashomon's a hyperlink film. I will say. Uh, I know it's multiple perspectives, but I don't think it's right. actually hyperlink. But that's okay. Okay. Well, the, anyway. Um. So you're. I just had to well actually you real quick. Damn, damn son. All right. Well, the fourth movie is a movie starring Jay Moore, Dennis Leary, and Christopher Walken that revolves around a kidnapping told from multiple perspectives as they try to figure out which one of their group of friends was involved in it. And that's a movie that not a lot of people saw from 1999 called Suicide Kings. And that's my fourth and final connection. I think now, I remember seeing, seeing the poster for that, but I've never actually seen that movie. Uh, honorable mentions that I didn't pick, uh, Train Spotting for the drug scene, Leaving Las Vegas, because I've never seen Leaving Las Vegas and they're trying to get out of Las Vegas. And what else did I not pick? Oh, those were my only other two honorable mentions. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, Trade Spotting Leaving Las Vegas barely made, barely missed the cut. All right. What do you um, So I'm kind of surprised that 200 mm-hmm. Cigarettes never came up for anybody's list. Isn't that basically the same thing as this movie? It pretty much is, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to list that. I just, I don't no. want to watch the same movie again. But, no, I don't. Um, yeah. I'm just surprised nobody suggested it. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so the first one I will mention, I do believe there's a cast connection as well with this, but I don't have it written down. Uh, so that is Date Night. Um, oh, uh, William Fickner's in Date Night as well. And it's yeah. about a crazy night. Um, yeah. Steve Carell and Tina Fey are in that one. Um, the next one that I have written down is, uh, I did have Bad Times with El Royale, so I will not have that. I had Swingers written down. Um, I was trying to think of movies where the main character is doing things to afford their rent. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any movies that are like? I feel like there's tons of like the rent is too damn high movies, but I just can't think of anything really. Can't think of any off the top of my head. No. All right, so I did write down Rent. Then um, Tay Diggs is also in Rent as well. That he is, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and uh, I wrote on Equilibrium, and I believe William yep. Fickner is also in Equilibri- Equilibrium yep. as well. Um, and Tay Diggs, so there's double actor connection in that one. Mm. Um, I haven't seen that movie since it first came out. I remember thinking it was cool at the time. It's mm. like a kind of a knockoff of The Matrix. Yeah. Um, so Date Night, Rent, Equilibrium, and I think I have one more written down. Oh, and then I will also uh, Mix Nuts, holiday movie. It's got yeah. a couple different storylines that all come together, and it's one a lot of people haven't seen. And maybe it can That's... replace uh, it can, can replace Go on Molly's Christmas list of movies. Could so. be fun. Could be fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go through what we have, and then we'll each pick a listener and a uh, host connection and pick our yep. final. So we have Women in, Women in Gold, The Nines, National Lampoon's Vacation, Dawn of the Dead, Very Bad Things, Pulp Fiction, Thank You for Smoking, Clerks, Love Actually, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Swingers, Titan AE, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, Let Him Go, Never Let Me Go, Swingers Again, Vantage Point, Everything Must Go. Rashomon, Bad Times uh-huh. at El Royale, Suicide Kings, Date Night, Rent, Equilibrium, and Mixed Nuts. All right. I will go first. 
and I will pick my uh, my compadre host connection. <laughs> I'll pick uh, Bad Times at the Al Royale because that was also on my list. So nice. I'll go with that one. I'll uh, take it. All right. How about you? Hmm. So I am going to pick my listener connection first. And I kind of wanted to see what you picked before I picked my listener. That was a strategic going with your connection. <laughs> Let's see. I will go with something that I actually haven't seen and is a new movie. We've never actually done a brand new movie on this podcast. Uh, We did Hamilton. Yeah, but that doesn't quite count. But I'm kind of tempted to pick Let Him Go, the new Costner movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be home for Christmas. It's a movie my mom won't mind if I turn on and I can watch it at her house. Um, She might actually like it. I might actually like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna nominate Let Him Go. Let Him Go. Um, I don't know anything about it really. I don't um, know either, and I'd, I'd be excited to find out. Where is it streaming? I don't want to make people have to pay to rent. Great something. question. I mean, like it's one thing if some people have to pay to rent something, but if right. everybody has to pay six bucks right. to rent something, that's no fun. Um, Probably HBO Max, which I don't get. <laughs> uh, oh, that could be a fun discussion. We can have that last week. Um, can. All right, so I am really torn. For my listener pick, it's uh, Amazon Prime and Apple Plus. Oh, cool. Okay, Amazon Prime for free or Amazon Prime uh, to pay it around. Rent on Amazon Prime or yeah. stream for free on Apple Plus. Oh, we got uh, who has Apple Plus? All right, uh, just I'm not gonna be voting for that one. Um, That's fine. But yeah. uh, let's see. So I'm torn between a couple. Um, I think mm-hmm. I love the idea of doing Love Actually. I think it could be fun. I think Thank there you. are lots of guest options for that. Uh, uh, my only my only concern would be I believe Post Show Recaps is doing their movie theater next week also on uh, oh, Love Actually. Damn it! All right. Well, uh, when do the, when do those come out? Uh, every week. No, like what ours? day of the week? <laughs> uh, usually Mondays. Oh, so it's gonna come out the day before ours. It'll come out next Monday, not. Right, so it'll come out the day yeah. before ours. Okay, yeah. all right, strike that. We're not doing. Sorry, Kyle, we're not doing love actually. Uh, yes. We can't do the exact same pocket. So uh, I'm gonna go with yeah. Pulp Fiction then. I like it. It's a solid connection. Very similar. Classic connection. Yeah. Um, there's one movie of mine that I'm really hoping you pick now, but. All right, we'll there is one of your movies that I really want to do actually, and I haven't revisited it since I was a kid. And it is the holiday season. Yes. I think we would actually have a lot of fun with Mixed Nuts, man. That's the one I was hoping that you would pick. Because I we got to do it. It's, a, it's Christmas next it's week. Christmas, if we can't man, do it, it's actually. Yeah. It's Steve so Martin. Yeah. It's Adam um, Sandler. It's the Sandman. Yeah, who doesn't no. want Who doesn't want to visit a suicide hotline on the night of Christmas, on Christmas Eve? <laughs> it'll come out on uh it'll come out on the 22nd. Yeah. So, uh just got ready for Christmas. Nuts. Yeah. No, I think uh, Mixed Nuts is very fun. I think it's um yeah. you know, uh not very many of our listeners have logged it. Uh, Panhorst has seen it. Maybe he should revisit it because he didn't give it a very good score. Um, so let's see. Streaming-wise, it is streaming with ads on the Roku channel and yeah. 2B TV. Um, can't believe it's not streaming other places. But you can you can rent it, and it's cheap to rent. Um, yeah. It's only $1.99 to rent it from Amazon. Yeah. But so I not... also think you and I should watch Bad Times at the El Royale just so we can talk about it. Because I think it's, that's a very fun connection to this movie. And I think, like, if we... If we talked about that next week, just as like well, as we watched. That well, what if we did a double next week and we do Bad Times with the Royale and Mixed Nuts and we take connections from both movies since the last movie, the movie after both of those is going to be um, 
is going to be our last movie. So we we you know what? that's a great point. We do we our double. We make up our missed week. We have episode 51 is going to be about bad times at the El Royale. We'll release that over the weekend. Episode 52 or episode 50. Episode 51 will be about mixed nuts. Yep. And then we'll do our connections all in the Mixed Nuts episodes. We'll do both connections for Bad Times and Mixed Nuts at the end of that episode. And then the last movie of the year will be a movie that's based off of both Bad Times and Mixed Nuts. I love uh, it. That sounds like a great idea. Let's I do, do think it. we need to figure out a way to connect Bad Times and Mixed Nuts to each other if we're going to do that. Because otherwise yeah. we're kind of breaking the ladder. Um, so we will be doing that. So we're, what we're going to do is over the weekend – um, sometime over the weekend, we're going to record Bad Times with El Royale. Absolutely. And then Tuesday, our normal recording day, next Tuesday, we'll record Mixed Nuts. Unless Absolutely. you want to do Wednesday to give everybody an extra day to watch. Let's, let's do Wednesday. Give everybody an extra day. Uh, Wednesday's I, Christmas Eve, right? Uh, no, Thursday's Christmas Eve. Before okay, I commit to that, yeah. uh, hang on. Before I commit to that, let me check my trivia schedule. Um, next Wednesday is open for me. All right. So that's what we're going to do. So this weekend, probably Sunday. If I had to guess, um, we are going to record Bad Times of the El Royale. That is the Bad Times of the El Royale is the official connection off of Go. From Bad right. Times of the El Royale, we are going to force in Mixed Nuts, and we are going to somehow figure out a connection to Mixed Nuts. And we are not taking any suggestions off of Bad Times of the El Royale. And then our correct. And then people connect from Mixed Nuts. People need to connect from Mixed Nuts to our movie for the next week. Correct. Whatever they want us to do the next week. Yep. All right. So, uh, yeah. if you want to send in, <laughs> if you want to send in feedback and a score for Bad Times with El Royale, do that. Send that in to us. Do not send in suggestions off of Bad Times with the El Royale because we are going with mixed nuts. That is decided. Correct. We are usurping the listener because um, we because we're going to have a, a week when we only choose listeners. We are doing mixed nuts as our Correct. connection for next week. So Correct. we're doing our double we're doing our double shot. We are making up our missed week and we are recording mixed nuts on Wednesday. Uh, the 23rd, December 23rd, which also That's happens to be my, that was my dad's birthday. So, uh, awesome. yeah, cool. All right. Um, does that make sense? Do I need to recap that again? Nope. They're trying to figure out the wheel. I think it makes sense. Yes. All right. No, no, no need to call in the Supreme Court. All right. Okay. Uh, if anybody doesn't understand it, tweet at us. We'll, we'll tweet out the schedule at the end of the week again, like we normally yep. do. Uh, so we're doing a double feature of bad times at the El Royale. And then later on in the week, we're releasing Mixed Nuts. And yep. uh, Mixed Nuts is very fun. If you want to skip right to Mixed Nuts, you can. I guess like, exactly. this is kind of yeah, an ancillary. Because yeah. Mixed Nuts does a... connect to Go. Um, but somehow we're going to figure out Bad Times at the El Royale to Mixed Nuts. Have you yeah. seen Bad Times at the El Royale? I have not. That's why I was excited to watch it. Because right. I think it'll be fun to do a bonus pod of a movie that I must have seen. Yeah. It's supposed to be really fun. To, I know. Then we can uh, connect both ways. And we'll uh, figure it out. Uh. Oh, Maybe there's directed directed by Drew Go- Drew Goddard, so a lost yeah. connection. Can you connect Drew Goddard to uh, Nora Ephron? We'll find I don't out. Know. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a huge cast in Mixed Nuts, tons of cameos, so I think yeah, we'll be able yeah. to figure it out. I um, think thematically, there's pro- there's bound to be something that happens. Yeah. Uh, all right. So bad times at the El Royale. Let me tell you, I did not say what that's streaming on. Um, I don't know if you looked that one up. Uh, uh, looks like you rent on Amazon. Prime on iTunes. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's on the DirecTV subscription service. Sorry. Yeah, so you go. do have to you do have to rent Bad Times at the El Royale as well. No, it's a uh, bonus. It's a bonus. Yeah. Um, it's a double. 
So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody can rent that and check yep. that out over the weekend. So it is a little bit of a quicker turnaround. Um, yep. So at times of the hour Royale from 2018, it's a Drew Goddard movie. And that is going to be our, our midweek pick. And then our full pick next Wednesday is mixed out. So I think I've said that about 10 times. Yep. So and you could blame uh, post show recaps for us not doing love actually. Yeah. Love actually would have just <laughs> been an easy connection, but yep. we did need to make up a week because we only we had did. 51 movies for 52 weeks. Correct. So uh, it's going to be yeah. great that we're going to have our 50 right at the end of the year. We're doing our 52nd movie. Um, I had yep. something else to say and I cannot remember what it is now. Oh yeah. So this kind of works out nicely because we have uh, for movie for, for movie 50, we're doing your pick for movie 51. We're doing my pick and for movie 52, we're going to do listeners pick. Perfect. Right. Well, I guess we don't have to, I guess that's actually 53. We're going to do listeners pick, but right. 53 would be whatever the first movie is for the media, which will be all, which listeners. is what my suggestion was. Right, which will be all so, movies. So uh, this is just, yeah, uh, we either really yeah. piss people off or they totally followed us. But either way, <laughs> uh, watch watch Bad Times of the El Royale and Mixed Nuts. Don't send suggestions from Bad Times of the El Royale. Unless you have, like, a really great – no, don't right. even do that. Don't send us suggestions. Yeah, just, we're, not doing a, we're not doing a connection section on that. We're just doing Mixed Correct. Nuts. So, um, okay, cool. All With right. that, I think that's With everything. That, uh, what are we what watching are you this week? <laughs> yeah, well, yes. What are we watching this week? Um, so I am going to watch Syriana next on my personal ladder. Nice. Although I do not know if I'm going to be able to watch that be- before this weekend um, because I need to watch Mandalorian. I feel like there's some other shows I want to watch <laughs> um, as well. And uh, I need to do some like lots of I actually have a very busy work week this week, too. Uh, so, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, but yeah, me, me too. The, the the week the week before Christmas is always a really busy week uh, here at work. Um, but you know we're all doing the best we can. Um, I know that I'm excited for the Mando season two finale on Friday. I'm really excited by all the Marvel and Disney news they dumped over the weekend. Um, all that stuff is going to be really fun in the next several years. We're we're gonna have a lot of fun things to talk about as far as what we've been watching and geeking out about. Um, for several years to come. Thank you, Disney. Um, what else am I going to be watching? Uh, Star Trek Discovery has been really good this season. I'm excited for a new episode of that coming out on Thursday. That's that's really ramping up into being a really interesting season, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, other than that, not much else. Just trying to finish off uh, getting this apartment ready to live in. So. Yeah. Getting, getting that echo cut down on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Get that echo cut. I don't think, I mean, whatever. People can write in and write in and let me know if it was really too, that bad or, you know. I mean. Maybe it sounds I better. Can, I yeah, I mean, it, I can hear the echo, but it's, it's whatever. It's fine. We're not, you know <laughs> what? This, this free content, so. Uh, Mr. Echo. Yeah. Mis, yeah. There that was another, our third lost reference. So many lost references go. in this <laughs> episode. Uh, all right. So to recap, Bad Times of the El Royale coming probably Sunday night. Yep. Recording on Sunday. I think we're just going to say recording Sunday. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot we're of MSU sports this weekend, so yeah, we're going to have yeah. to. Yeah, we're probably going to have to record early on Sunday. Yeah. Um, then mix nuts. We're going to record next Wednesday, mm-hmm. so that'll drop Wednesday night, the 23rd. So you can listen to that on a Christmas Eve drive to Grandma's house. Don't do that. Don't go to Grandma's house because yeah. you don't want to get the Corona. So, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, mixed nuts and then we will be back to our normal schedule after mixed nuts or the mm-hmm. following tuesday which is like the 28th or something 29th um that will be our yeah, last yeah. that will be our last episode of this year so from there we're going to do something we're probably going to hit the reset button for, to start the next year and that movie that we will pick from the movie that comes off of mixed nuts will be based only on listener picks that were suggested through the year Correct. uh 
So we'll be paying it back to the listeners at that point. Exactly. Yep. Boom. There you go. All right. All right. That's what we're talking uh, about. In the, you know, as they say, if you copy and paste an emoji, head explosion emoji, or face with a head exploding, right? That's yep. what it, uh, yes. So I'm, ex- I'm really excited to uh, do our year-end wrap-up and think, look back on everything that happened through the last year and where this crazy ladder led us, because these 50 movies, 50, 51 movies have been insane, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that is definitely true. Yeah. All right. So, uh. Good luck to everybody on this double this week. We hope that we still get feedback and ratings in for both Bad Times of the El Royale. It looks like a lot of you have already watched it based on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad yeah, Times of the El Royale. feedback and ratings, just not your connections for Bad Royale. I mean, you can, yeah, if you said, if you screw up and send connections, that's fine. We just won't, yeah, we'll just ignore it. So, uh, yeah, and just as a reminder, with all of this information that came at you, at Ladder Movie on Twitter, the movie ladder at gmail.com. You can also follow at Ladder Movie on Letterboxd, and that's the best way to see movies that are on our watch list and see when we log movies, yeah. so... Check that out. All right, Brennan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Fidzy Brendan. That's cool. about it. Yeah, and I'm at Brooks ZA. I don't think either of us have anything else going on besides that. Uh, I'm hosting a bunch of trivia these days, but that's it. So. Cool. All right, yep. we will talk to you guys next week. Well, talk to you guys midweek for Bad Times of the El Royale, and then talk to you for Mixed Nuts uh, next Wednesday. Bye, guys. I don't have anything quickly to say this time. Good times. Good times.